This week on Priority One, two actors are honored in Miami, Nichelle Nichols is the focus of her own documentary, and food replicators may be just around the corner. Then we transport to Ticonderoga, New York for a tour of the Star Trek original series set museum with James Colley. In Star Trek Online, now might be the best time to pledge your allegiance to the founders, and those going to Star Trek Destination in Birmingham can get their game on. RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by GamePrint. We thank them and our patrons for their support of Priority One Podcast. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 435 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, your weekly report of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019, and available for download or streaming on Friday, October 25th at Priority One Podcast. I'm Elijah. I'm Kat. And I'm Anthony. And before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in on the weekly conversations. Whether via social media platforms like facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram at Priority One Pod, or by email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Maintaining these features would not be possible without the support of our patrons, listeners like you, who support the ongoing production of this show by offering a financial contribution each month. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash Priority One Pod and check out how you can become an admiral in the Priority One Podcast listener fleet. Now, of course, we understand that giving up that hard-earned money is a big ask, and we understand that. But we can think of other ways that you can help support this podcast. And one of those is to show your support by sharing it on social media. Additionally, we are looking to add new members to our team. We need some help. For instance, we have a new video project that we'd like to begin working on and could use a hand with video editing. Now, nothing fancy. We aren't producing a movie or anything. So if you have some experience with video editing and would like to join the team, reach out to us. That email address again is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. Jim, what places? I don't know. Then let's check it out. Wilson Cruz and Anthony Rapp, the actors behind Star Trek Discovery's favorite on-screen couple, Hugh Colber and Paul Stamets, were honored last weekend by the National LGBTQ Task Force Miami at its annual gala. The honors were in recognition of the actors' contributions to expanding the human rights of those in the LGBTQ community through their portrayal of the first openly gay couple in Star Trek's television history. Speaking at the gala, Anthony Rapp said, quote, 
Star Trek has always presented a vision of the future where the things that have divided us as people over the centuries, race, gender, sexual orientation, age, color, all of that, none of that matters in Starfleet. It's solely about who you are as a human being and what you are inside that matters. End quote. Mr. Cruz, who himself once worked for the task force, was especially touched, saying, quote, To be honored by the task force for my work as an actor and as an activist is incredibly moving to me. I know the hard work this organization does on the ground, in the grassroots, on the state level, on the city level, on the municipal level. So it's incredibly moving. End quote. The gala's theme for the year was 50 Years of Fierce. In honor of the five decades the National Task Force has been championing their community. It is no surprise to Star Trek fans that the great Nichelle Nichols, Star Trek's original Uhura, has long been an icon and a hero to women and minorities around the world. But what you may find surprising is that in 1977, when NASA was on the cusp of the space shuttle program that would define decades of American space exploration, they turned to Nichelle Nichols for help in bringing greater diversity to the astronaut recruiting program. This story is the subject of a new documentary film titled Woman in Motion, currently screening at select film festivals. The film chronicles Ms. Nichols' life, her challenges, and her pivotal role in convincing women, African Americans, and other minorities that there could be a place for them in America's space program. The film's website features a trailer showcasing Star Trek legends like George Takei and Walter Koenig, celebrities like Pharrell Williams and Neil deGrasse Tyson, Nichelle herself, and several NASA astronauts. The website also provides a copy of Nichols' report to NASA on the results of her team's recruiting efforts. According to the report, when the project began in February of 1977, from 1,500 applications to the space program, only 30 were minorities, and only 75 were women. At the completion of the recruitment push, the report states that some 8,000 applications were received by NASA. Nearly 1,500 of those were from women. When this remarkable documentary is released to the public, you can bet we'll let you know. Meanwhile, check out the project website yourself at womaninmotionmovie.com. I had just a brief moment with her doing a photo op where she just took the, the three seconds to ask me what my name was and I gave her my real name um, and she was just like she was fascinated by it and wanted to know where it was from and whatnot. and she just she just was in she engaged with me in those brief moments and I'll never ever forget that moment she just held my hand and asked me about who I was she is just out of this world I mean, not only has she inspired, you know, thousands of of women and minorities to do heroic things with the space program, but but she also inspired lots of young performers and actresses, including Whoopi Goldberg, who who wanted to be on Star Trek The Next Generation because of Nichelle Nichols. Well, Captains, that brings us to our first community question this week. How have the actors or stories of Star Trek inspired you in your own life? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com or be sure to follow us on social media for when we post this community question. In other space news, CNET reports on an experiment carried out in late September aboard the International Space Station. According to the article, an Israeli startup firm, LF Farms, worked with Russian lab 3D bioprinting solutions to stage a first-of-its-kind test 
using a 3D bioprinter to assemble harvested, lab-grown animal cells into a small piece of muscle tissue. We're not talking about a food replicator just yet here, but the proof-of-concept effort aims to show that meat products could someday be produced without extensive land or water resources. Is meant to achieve the same taste and texture as traditionally farmed meat. Spokesperson Yove Reisler told CNET that the company aims to combat food waste and provide nutritional resources to people in need. What do you guys think? Would you eat it? You know, I'm not gonna lie. I would definitely eat this. I'm fascinated by lab-grown meats. I, I wouldn't call myself, you know, like an adventurous foodie, but I will sample things that I find interesting and I'm willing to eat. And lab-grown meats are, are are one of those things, you know, and, I've, and, and they've been in development for quite some time. And there is an incredible amount of research to suggest that we are wasting a lot of resources with traditional farming, especially with big farms, like big corporate farms. This could be a contentious topic, but I think it's okay to expand your palate and taste things and experience things and be an adventurous eater. And if we can get the same results at half of the waste, then why not? Look, a if a steak is a steak is a steak, protein, protein is protein. I don't need it to be walking around for me to enjoy it. Like it, that's just the nature of how it is. And if we as Star Trek fans look forward to the days of replicators, here it is. Here's your replicated meat. What do you think, they're transporting a cow back there and slaughtering it? No, they're they're making, they're, Star Trek, they're, they're protein resequencer. Look, there's no doubt in my mind that this will be good for the environment, you know, good for society. Uh, but look, I'm a traditional meatitarian, and I, I do find this process fascinating. But I'll be honest with you, I think I would rather eat a vegan burger before I would eat a, a laboratory burger. I don't know, because it freaks me out that it's animal cells, even though it's lab-grown. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm vegetarian, and I don't want to eat, you know, that type of, you know, animal product. But if the whole point is, yes, it saves part of the environment, and, you know, if it is moving towards replicated food, that's kind of cool. So I don't know. I wouldn't be completely opposed to it. You know, to bring this back to Star Trek, uh, if you read Desperate Measures, the one of the first Star Trek Discovery novel to be released, they the writer suggested that Una, number one, is a vegetarian. And yet, when we saw her on screen, she orders a hamburger, which poses the question, are you still a vegetarian if you're eating resequenced meat? I don't know, because that's where it's like it's the animal protein. I'm like, well, where'd that come from? I think I think the book was actually called Desperate Hours. Desperate Hours. Una came up with her own uh, system for the replicator, right, on that one short track. Oh, that's true. That's true. That, there they are retconning even their own things like that. Look at that. Huh. Captains, if you were following us on social media last week, several members of the Priority One team met up at the Star Trek original series set tour in Ticonderoga, New York for an unofficial team building retreat slash unofficial priority one convention. It was a remarkable and memorable experience. So Kat, Anthony, what, what were your biggest takeaways from your trip? You know, I think for me, you know, the moment since I had never been there before, walking onto the bridge was pretty powerful. For me, uh, this was my third time 
going to the set tour and taking the tour this time there was even you know some new stuff they had added they had moved moved some stuff from the lobby onto the set and from the set on into the lobby i heard new stories and everything and i think th- my biggest takeaway was how unique each experience is every time i go back i particularly enjoyed watching everybody else on the tour I was, I, you know, I took a step back. I was kind of behind the scenes filming everybody, taking pictures. And at the very end, right before you get on the bridge, because when you walk through those doors, when you walk through the turbo lift onto the bridge, you're breathless. Your breath is just taken right out of you. It's just so beautiful. And I wanted to capture that moment when everybody else was doing it. And so Anthony and I ran around and we were taken backstage to be able to film and take pictures of people walking through the turbolift doors. And that moment, there's almost a reverence. Like if you're walking through this beautiful cathedral, you know, these so interesting to see and experience. And so to be on the other side of that was was quite remarkable. And so I'm glad I was able to experience it for a third time but also for the first time through the eyes of other people. It's definitely a powerful moment. The minute the doors open from the turbo lift and you step out, you're wow, it's really cool. Well, Captains, for a deeper dive into our experiences at the only official Star Trek museum, be sure to check out our Patreon-exclusive show, After Hours. However, before we move on to Star Trek Online and gaming news, let's get reacquainted with the man behind the Star Trek set tour, James Cawley. I have the pleasure of sitting here with James Cawley himself, the mastermind behind this amazing set. And first of all, I want to thank you for having us here. This was an impromptu little trip that we made, and and thank you for the the amazing tour that we had. It's never the same twice, which is amazingly delightful. Good to hear. And, you know, we've actually, several of us have been here before, and that is the recurring theme, is that there's always something new to learn while walking through this set, while looking at the props learning about the history of Trek, how it was designed. Talk to us a little bit about what it takes to keep the museum alive. You've been now open for how long? Uh, three years. Three years. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it, it is a very passionate labor of love. And uh, I've been learning from Star Trek, you know, my whole life. So as each month, day, you know, passes, we're still learning things about the original show, which helps us keep this fresh and new. Um, we're able to add to the tour, change the tour. Uh, this coming summer, some of the rooms are going to be redressed like they were for certain episodes. Oh, fascinating. Um, so those people that have been here before will see something new again when they come. Um, you know, we're always adding little things. I've been pulling stuff out of my collection. I've been acquiring more original pieces from the original show. So that stuff will continue. The, the tour will continue to grow. Now, let me ask you, with your relationship with CBS being that this is now an officially licensed CBS museum, mm-hmm. does that open the door and give you access to archives to props well you know cbs is great and they they have a a, a great staff um and they have a great archive and um we have a couple you know we have the gorn and the salt vampire which are uh originally from the star trek experience they're from the archive um i've never really said hey what else do you have because i've got an extensive collection myself but i'm i'm sure that you know if there was something that we had a basic need for and we reached out to them and they weren't using it for another display I'm absolutely sure they would help us out. We were talking a little bit before the tour. You know, some people will say, oh, you know, Ticonderoga, where is that? How do I get to it? And yet you have 
people coming in from Europe, from all around oh, the world. To, listen, to I, I've had them from Israel. I've had them from Europe. We've had them from Japan. We've had them from China. It's amazing, and it continues to build and build as as you know people start becoming more and more aware that we're here. Um, I've never had a tremendous advertising. Uh, I don't want to say budget because I mean I don't have a tremendous budget, but word of mouth. And now that we've been here so long, and social media has become such a presence, it's now starting to steamroll, and we're seeing a lot of influx from other countries. That's amazing. And yeah. with that allows for the possibility of expansion, correct? Correct. We are actively working on the next generation. Uh, we've been planning now for two years. We're in the process of, of finalizing the, uh, the acquisition of property next door. And once that happens, the gloves are off and away we go. That's super exciting. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, I, you know, I'm curious too yeah. also with, uh, have you seen an influx of attendees with the release of Star Trek Discovery and then now coming up with Picard? Is, it, is there an influx? happening you know what what I'm seeing is a younger demographic I'm seeing people coming in with their children and I'm seeing teenagers coming in that say oh well I saw Star Trek Discovery and so now I wanted to see this so that's exactly what you know Star Trek has always been about a lot of people didn't know the original series until they saw next generation you know, and a lot of the original Star Trek people didn't want Next Generation, so, and then it became so embraced. And, you know, there's always, isn't there always a little controversy when a new Star Trek, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know, comes out? But, you know, I may not, like, I'm not a big Voyager fan, but there's people that love Voyager. Um, so there's room for everybody at this table, as I say, and, uh, and Star Trek continues to grow, and, and that's, that's the cool thing after 53 years. It's Absolutely. Just, it's just insane that we're still sitting in an environment like this and we're able to share it and talk about it, you Absolutely. know, with everybody. Well, Mr. Cauley, thank you again so very much for sitting down and talking with us. Is there anything on the horizon that we should be aware of? I know that there's a big Thanksgiving event coming there up, right? There is. There's right. There's Trexgiving, and the captain himself, William Shatner, is coming back, and he's he's going to do you know tours for the fans, meet and greets on the bridge, and Trexgiving dinner with fried turkey. <laughs> That's, cool amazing. That? That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. And how can people get information on that and yeah. and purchase tickets? It's on our website, which is www.startrektour.com. Excellent. Thank you again so very much. Thank you. You guys are always welcome. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Captains, before we move on with the show, we do need to take a moment to thank our sponsor, GamePrint, the company that allows you to build your own personal Starfleet Armada, or Klingon Armada, or Romulan Armada, mostly any ship available in Star Trek Online. Now, just because I said Star Trek Online, it shouldn't turn you off to visiting GamePrint.net and exploring their extensive library of ships that have already been uploaded by other players. You don't have to play the game to take advantage of their amazing 3D printing. When you go to their website, just sort by ship class, pick a variant that interests you, change the name of the ship to what you want it to be, and then print it. 
to display proudly with all your other Star Trek memorabilia. Now, we're coming up on the holiday season. Halloween, I know, is around the corner, but I think we're all starting to see the holiday decorations and music playing on the retail stores all over the place. And as Trekkies, what better way to satisfy the, the merchandising urge of expanding your collection than by printing your own custom ship? Anthony Cat, is there anything you might think of that you might uh, ask your family Family, friends, Santa, anybody for? D7. Now, which D7? Now, are you talking about like a classic TOS or maybe the, the Discovery? Yeah, my Disco, my Discovery D7 is my new favorite ship. It's beautiful. Although I kind of want all the D7s now, so maybe I'll just have a fleet of D7s. Well, and that's the great thing is that you can trek your halls with not just the classic ships from the TV shows, but almost the entire library of variants and updated models for the 25th century from the Star Trek Online ships. So even if you don't play Star Trek Online, you might find something that looks cool from the ships that they themselves have designed and put on the website. Awesome. All the D7s you could ever want. <laughs> well, I can tell you that I will be asking for the D9 Klingon battlecruiser. I may ask for a fleet battlecruiser. Now, you're going to want to follow them on social media or sign up for their newsletter because periodically they will offer things like free shipping or 20% off. So visit gameprint.net, sign up for the newsletter or follow them on Facebook and Twitter for an opportunity to save some money when you order that ship. Now, you're going to want to join their Facebook group because periodically people who have purchased a 3D printed ship will post pictures of their ship. And most recently, I saw a variant of the Sovereign class cruiser. Okay, the same ship that you see in First Contact, Insurrection, and Nemesis. But it was Star Trek Online's Imperial class variant. And the color, the 3D printed color on this ship was spectacular. I had to ask if this was a hand painted ship or if this was actually fully 3D printed with 3D color. And it was in fact 3D printed in 3D color, not hand painted. And it was stunning. So if you're on the fence, head on over to facebook.com, do a search for Star Trek Online game print and explore some of the pictures that other players have printed from their ships because they are stunning, absolutely stunning. Again, the main website is gameprint.net and we thank them for their support of Priority One Podcast. Do you want to be a part of one of the most powerful military forces in the galaxy? Would you like to shed your need for sleep and food? Do you want to become chemically dependent on an isogenic enzyme and genetically altered to serve callous, shape-shifting overlords bent on galactic domination? Then have we got a deal for you! Well, Star Trek Online does. The popular Gamma Quadrant recruitment event will be making its militaristic return. And with it comes a slew of goal-based perks and incentives. Beginning October 24th and running through November 14th, newly created Dominion Captains will be designated henceforth and always as Gamma Recruits. These new level 60 Gemadar characters will have the ability to unlock rewards for themselves and for the whole player account with goals that include leveling to 65, spending 90 specialization points, and reaching level 10 in three Admiralty tiers, Gamma Recruits will have the opportunity to unlock energy credits, marks, XP boosts, 
starship traits, and admiralty cards, to name a few. There's no better time to tear through the galaxy like a genetically altered reptilian humanoid than now. For a full list of goals and perks, be sure to check out the show notes. If you told us that you thought now seemed like an odd time to run a Gamma Quadrant recruitment event, we'd commend you for your critical thinking. Then we'd tell you to hold your horses. Announced in conjunction with the Lifetime Subscription Sale and the Gamma Quadrant recruitment event, which are both scheduled to launch on October 24th, the Star Trek Online team showed off the newest Dominion-themed Lifetime Subscription and Veteran perks. In addition to Jem'Hadar veteran uniforms, 1,000-day veterans and lifetime subscribers will have access to the Jem'Hadar veteran ship, the Tier 6 Jem'Hadar Vanguard Heavy Destroyer. According to the lore included in the Star Trek Online post, the new Heavy Destroyer was developed for Odo's Vanguard fleet and, as such, uses the Vanguard wingman mechanic. Quote, Vanguard starships come included with two loyal Jem'Hadar ace pilots. These expert pilots fly their own Jem'Hadar Vanguard Raiders in formation with you, never straying far from your side, end quote. With a layout of four forward and three aft weapon slots, the Heavy Destroyer sports seating for one Commander Tactical, one Lieutenant Commander Engineering slash Command, a Lieutenant Science, a Lieutenant Commander Universal, and an Ensign Universal Bridge Officer, as well as five Tactical, three Engineering, and two Science Console slots. Speaking of console slots, the Jem'Hadar Vanguard Heavy Destroyer features the new Enhanced Dynamic Tactical System console. This console, which provides passive critical severity and hull hit points, allows the user to swap between regenerative mode and tactical mode. While in regenerative mode, quote, your tachyon inversion beam is enabled, which can siphon shields from multiple targets. Also, excess power is transferred to the auxiliary system in this mode, and you'll gain a bonus to starship shield systems, end quote. Tactical mode, on the other hand, quote, transfers power to your weapon systems and increases your ship's starship targeting system skill, granting an accuracy bonus. In tactical mode, the console enables a powerful multi-targeting Polaron Lotus, which is capable of piercing multiple targets. However, while in tactical mode, your starship shield systems bonus, auxiliary power bonus, and tachyon inversion beam are disabled, end quote. Though the Enhanced Dynamic Tactical System console can only be equipped on Heavy Destroyers, it can be equipped in any console slot. Maxing your Jemadar Heavy Destroyer to Tier 5 Mastery will grant you the Weapon System Synergy Starship trait. Quote, your directed energy weapons will build one stack of Weapon System Synergy per cycle. Each stack provides a small boost to bonus projectile damage and a small boost to projectile shield penetration. This buff stacks up to 20 times. All stacks are removed when you fire a projectile weapon, end quote. For a link to the full list of stats, check out the show notes. All right, so we're back with the Gem Hadar, and this time with veteran rewards. What do you guys think about that? Yay, new stuff. Awesome. Well, the surprising thing to me is that this is now the second time that they've brought back a recruitment event. Right before the launch of, if I'm not mistaken, right before the launch of Discovery. Victory is Life. Oh, yeah, Victory is Life. They did. They brought back the Delta Recruit. And what's interesting is that then right after that, they had the Gamma Recruit. And so now they're bringing the Gamma Recruit back. So it's kind of off, off rhythm here, but it's still interesting 
it makes sense that they're bringing it back along with these veteran rewards and the lifetime subscriber sale. So, and that's something that a lot of players have been asking for is a Jem'Hadar veteran ship. So I think this is going to make a lot of players happy and it's, it's really cool that we're seeing these these rewards added into the game um, a little bit quicker than I think a lot of us thought. What I, as a as a, the casual player, what I'm looking forward to is getting back in the game because I, I found that with my Delta recruit, I didn't realize the value behind rolling a new character on the Delta recruit and then and then hitting these these milestones as you progressed, right? So with the Delta recruit, as you played missions, there were additional little interacts that you did throughout the story arc to unlock rewards that were account unlockable, right? So that my main character, the one that I play with 99% of the time, would take be able to take advantage of. I may end up doing a new Jem'Hadar character again. Actually, I don't think I ever did one in the oh, first place. Oh, you definitely should. Yeah, the benefits. Just so I can get these benefits. Yeah, they're fantastic. And the goal, the the goals for the gamma recruits are, I, in my opinion, a little bit easier to attain than the delta recruit because you you already start at level sixty, so it's a lot of end game stuff that you can just kind of log in do your dailies and make small amounts of progress towards each reward and then not invest a lot of time, you know, up front in it like you had to do with the Delta Recruit, leveling up all the way. Yeah, you didn't have to run all those story missions and find all the bits and do all the things. So, yeah, the Gamma Recruit rewards are amazing. I'm going to make a new character. Dang it. (laughs) I didn't want to. Well, Captains, that brings us to our next community question this week. Will you be creating a new Jem'Hadar Gamma recruit? What rewards are you looking forward to most? If you know of someone that likes Star Trek, video games, massively multiplayer online games, or any combination of the three, tell them there is no better time than now to try Star Trek Online. Between the lifetime subscription sale, the new veteran perks, and the recruitment event, it couldn't possibly get any better. I mean, could it? Well, yeah. On Thursday, October 17th, Star Trek Online announced new 2000 Zen Starter Packs and 5000 Zen Faction Packs. Whether you are a Star Trek Online Greenhorn or an old salty sea dog, these packs are worth a look. The Starter and Faction Packs both come in three varieties, Federation, Klingon, and Romulan for a total of six new offerings. The Federation Klingon and Romulan starter packs all come with a smattering of Mark II very rare space and ground gear, 12 inventory slots, 12 bank slots, and the faction-appropriate Borg bridge officers. The Federation and Klingon packs also include their Academy uniform unlocks, which means if you get the Klingon pack, you'll get eye patches and the Romulans unlock their infamous TNG uniforms. Finally, each starter pack comes with a Tier 6 ship, the Federation Tier 6 Reliant, the Klingon Tier 6 Core Bird of Prey, and the Romulan Tier 6 Malem Light Warbird. The faction packs all offer two ship slots, three unique titles, a uniform, a pet, a faction-specific Sea Store Bridge Officer, and three Sea Store ships for each faction which are too many for us to list right now. But for a full list of those, check out our show notes. And and lest we not forget, 
that all of these tier six ships can be used right out of the tutorial. My interpretation of this is this is in conjunction with, you know, the lifetime uh, sale. They're trying to get new people into the game. And and typically when when you buy a console game or or a computer game, you're you're going to drop 50 or $60. And because this is a free-to-play game, they figure, okay, somebody steps in, they start the game fresh, and they're like, oh, if I spend 50 bucks, I not only get three ships, which... Most normal bundle packs of three ships cost at least $60 or, or 6,000 Zen. And you're getting, you know, these other goodies along with it to help you start your adventure. I, I think that's, these are really for, I think, new players getting into the game or people who have been playing for free for a while and maybe just want to, you know, enhance their experience in a particular faction, I think is what these are for. Um, however, the starter packs coming with bank slots, I know a lot of players and a lot of veteran players who will probably pick that up just to get the extra slots. Yeah, good point. Though you should wait for a sale because there's probably going to be one. But I, even though I have all these ships, those packs are really cool. So for new players, definitely, that those are very attractive packs. Well, Captains, that brings us to our next community question. Do you plan on buying the new Star Trek Online starter or faction packs? Why or why not? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can even email us at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or just wait till we post it on our social media channels like Facebook or Twitter and reply to those. If you plan on attending Star Trek Destination Birmingham, be sure to keep an eye out for the Star Trek Online team. EU design lead Tim Davies, lead environment artist Scott Boyd, and community manager Mike Fadum will be in Birmingham from October 25th to October 27th with boff codes, pins, and comm badges. Whether you meet one at their panels, including the Friday, October 25th, Star Trek Online launches Awakening with Anthony Rapp panel on the Voyager stage, or by visiting their booth on the floor, be sure to say hi. Absolutely. I had the opportunity of meeting Tim at... STLV, not this recent year, but the year prior. Maybe it could have been this. No, it wasn't this year for sure. And he's a he's a great guy. He's another story of a player with a passion for Star Trek and Star Trek Online who took that passion and turned it into a career. You know, we've heard this story from folks like Thomas Maroney and Jeremy Randall and Tim Davies is another story of someone who just believed and wanted it so bad that they worked hard and got involved. And now he's working for Star Trek Online and Perfect World Entertainment over on their uh, Europe side. So congrats to him. And he's a great guy. Be sure to walk up to him, say hi, tell him Elijah sent you. This week in Priority One Armada News, we are announcing our annual Halloween costume contest this year. Dress as your favorite Matrix series character and join us this Saturday, October 26th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for your chance at one of over 600 million EC in prizes that were given away. The grand prize is a Kelvin Divergence lockbox ship pack plus additional prizes awarded through fifth place. We'll also be giving away participation prizes, so you should just show up. I mean, you could probably come up with a Matrix costume. Just show up. It'll be super fun. For the record, I had nothing to do with this event. This is news to me, and I'm 
probably going to put something Do together. Do it! Oh my god, <laughs> it's going to be so fun. Cat, I don't know if you know this, but there's a running joke on the show that it's hard for me to go through an episode without making a Matrix reference. That franchise is what got me into MMO gaming. I was gearing up for the Matrix Online, so I started playing City of Heroes just to get the feel for what it was like to be in an MMO. Started playing the Matrix Online, and then when Star Trek Online was announced, I was as ecstatic as the next person to be able to play, and I already had experience from the Matrix Online. I was just, my connection between the Matrix influencing my Star Trek fandom is, they're intertwined, absolutely intertwined. So. By the way, I'm really excited about the Matrix 4. Oh my god, me too. But yeah, that's kind of why we came up with this costume contest to kind of hype Matrix 4 because we were all excited about it. And um, can I be a judge? Can I be? I want to be a judge. Can I be a judge? If anybody should be a judge, it should be uh, me. Yeah, I don't, sure. <laughs> um, absolutely. It's me and uh, Nikki and Panda. Uh, so I'm sure Panda wouldn't mind and Nikki wouldn't mind if you wanted to help us out because I know a bunch of the Armada members have already got their costumes together. I still haven't. I'm still working on mine. Mine's going to be amazing. I'm excited. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's going to be awesome. Well, that's it for this week in gaming news. Now, let's hear your comments and open hailing frequencies. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Our first community question last week was, where does Galaxy Quest rank, if at all, on your list of favorite Star Trek films? From Facebook, Dave Rutley writes in, Galaxy Quest ranks nowhere as a Star Trek film. It is, however, a great sci-fi action comedy film, and I would rank it in a top 10 list, along with other movies like... The Last Starfighter. <gasps> I love The Last Starfighter. I hear they're doing a remake and I can't wait yeah, to see it. Cool. From Twitter, Sean Newboy says, Not a Trek film, but still awesome sauce. Our second community question last week was, With the new changes to the event campaign for another Tier 6 ship, will you be playing daily to get your progression, or do you plan on buying out any of the individual events? From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Tyler Maxwell says, Probably. I appreciate that now I can play the queue each day on any character I want and still get progress for the rewards, as opposed to the old system where I'd have to stick with one character for the entire two to three week run to get the thingies. The new setup is much more flexible. Agreed, Tyler Maxwell. That is true. From Twitter, AlienGamer79 writes, I don't plan on buying out of them, but since I am on console, it remains to be seen if they will do the free Tier 6 ship event. If they ever do that, I might buy out, since I could get a ship I have wanted for a while and then earn a lot of dilithium for the rest of the event. They did mention with, with this announcement of the new Tier 6 uh, ship campaign that a version of this will be coming to console either when it catches up with this update or shortly thereafter. So that was some good news for the console gamers. From Facebook, Keith Rombach writes in, definitely playing to get the reward. As far as buying out, it depends on the next TFO. Well, that wraps up episode 435 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. 
Just visit podcast.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to them and share them with all your friends. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like Diana Gunther, Darnell Dwayne Ross, David K. Rutley, Joshua Selig, and Peter Archibald. And before we go, here's our community questions for this week. First, how have the actors or stories of Star Trek inspired you in your own life? Next, will you be creating a new Jem'Hadar Gamma recruit? What rewards are you looking forward to most? Lastly, do you plan on buying the new Star Trek Online starter or faction packs? Why or why not? Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday. Just open your favorite podcast app and run a search for Roddenberry. There you'll find us and our friends on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Just keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters and me and the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest Star Trek online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times. And if you'd like to join the Armada, visit us at PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. And even if you can't make a financial contribution, spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies to get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here. It's your support that keeps us going. And if you're interested in joining the team, we're looking for a video editor. Just shoot us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to Heroes Rise Podcast to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including William Hardy, Brandon Parker, Rand Hurl, Daniel Stevens, Roscoe McQueen, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, and to associate producer Shane Hoover for assisting in the production of this weekly show. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Su no. Engage.
Transfer complete. Two actors are honored in Miami. Nichelle Nicole... The meat, which the company calls slaughter-free meat. I could just see it like in big letters on the packaging. It's slaughter-free meat! The meat, which the company calls slaughter-free meat, is meant to achieve... <laughs> I'm sorry. ...is meant to achieve the same taste and texture as... Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? Just visit podcast... <laughs> Dang it, that is so hard to do! <laughs> Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.